0: Now today we're continuing our series this Easter season that we're calling Resurrection Power. It's about how the very same power that raised Jesus back from the dead is alive and working in the lives of those whose faith is in him, the one who conquered death. Through Jesus' resurrection, the people of God uh, are given new life and made into a new type of community. The resurrection doesn't just give individuals their golden ticket to heaven. It creates a new kind of community. Like Anna Marie said, a community of people called the church. That's you and I. A community where the new life that comes from the resurrection of Jesus is on full display. It's lived in its fullness today, tomorrow, tomorrow, and for all of eternity, to the glory and praise of God. Now as I get started today, I want to share with you one of my favorite verses from the Bible. It's from the Old Testament, actually. It's a verse that I love because it is simple and yet packed with so much wisdom. And If I'm going to be honest, it sticks in my head because it kind of cuts like a knife. It shapes the way I think and live and the way I look at the world. It's Proverbs 16, verse 25, and it says this. There is a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. I want that to sink in for a second. There's a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. And I know that there are people among us here today who know this truth all too well. You followed the ways in this life that seemed right to you and you found out where they led. And we live in a world that makes so much of living the way that seems right to you, but doesn't think all that much about where it ultimately leads. We hear statements like this. Follow your truth. Do what makes you happy. Now, I'm not going to speak for anyone else here right now, but I will say that speaking on my own behalf, I am a horrible judge of what makes me happy. I am really good, perhaps even a professional, at instant gratification. But lasting contentment. Not so much. When I was in college, I took out my first car loan. Before that, I had a, uh, a car that I loved, a 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee V8, 250 horsepower, 23 gallon tank of gas. I loved it. Until I started commuting to and from Scotts Valley, first call it for school. And from Scotts Valley to Sunnyvale for work, and then from Sunnyvale back to San Jose, four or five days a week. And I started filling up that 23-gallon tank once every five or six days. And I remember the first time I paid over $100 for a tank of gas, I knew that my beloved Jeep needed to go. Made sense, right? And so I bought a smaller, more economical car, I took out a loan for it, and I loved that car for a bit. (laughs) But long after the shine and excitement of a new car wore off, and my wonderful new car was just now my car, I was still left paying off the loan. How many of us have had that experience in life? (laughs) Not just with a car, We do what what seems right. The thing that seems right in our own minds, the thing that seems like it's going to make us happy, and found out that long after the shine wore off, we were still left paying the price. There's a way that seems right, but in the end it leads to death. But Jesus flips the script. He says this. He says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy... But I came that you would have life and have it to the full. He says that there is a way of life. There is a worldview that takes and it takes and it takes. It never gives and it's never satisfied. And all it does is in the end it leads to death. But there is another way. I came. That you would have life and have it to the full. I want you to think about this question for a second this morning. What if the life of obedience to Jesus really is the best way to live? What if the life of obedience to the way of Jesus really is? The best way to live? Do you trust that when Jesus says something, it is a more blessed and fulfilling way to be obedient to it than disobedient? You know, I think that there are a lot of people in this world that think that there is something deficient about the Christian life. That's the allure of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Hell is a party, and everyone's having a great time. And in heaven, everyone floats around on their cloud with their harp. I never thought playing harp was all that fun. I think that there are many Christians who aren't ready to say that aloud, but they kind of feel it. Maybe I'm missing out on something that might be better because I'm trying to be faithful to Christ. That you could enjoy your life more if you didn't have Jesus and the Bible looming over it. Wouldn't I be having more fun if I did whatever I felt like than saying no to some things? Wouldn't I be happier if I put myself first instead of others? Would my romantic life or my sex life be better if it didn't have the biblical sexual ethic looming over it? Questions that go through people's heads. There are so many ways that seem right. But what if the the teachings of Jesus, the way of life that Jesus lived and modeled for us and invites us into, isn't just a list of rules and laws and commands where he says, do this or else. But rather it was an invitation away from a way that seems right but leads to death and towards the way of abundant life life to the full. Jesus extends that invitation and that gift of true life to all, of new life, abundant life, and eternal life. That is life in all its fullness to those who put their faith and trust in him. And this abundance, this life, isn't something that we live on our own power, but rather, as we trust in Christ and surrender ourselves to him, the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, works in our lives to bring those dead things back to life. In today's text in Acts, we get a glimpse of what this abundant life looks like as it takes hold and begins to spread on the day of Pentecost. As people turn away from their ways that seem right, the ways that nailed Jesus to the cross and embrace the risen Christ. On that day, Peter spoke powerfully about the resurrection of Jesus. A few things he said upon the screen it says this man Jesus was handed over to you by God's deliberate foreknowledge and you put him to death by nailing him to the cross but God raised him from the dead or acts 2 verse 32 God raised this Jesus to life and we are witnesses to it Jesus preached, or Peter preached the resurrection of Christ and the display of power of the Holy Spirit on that day and the proclamation of the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ took the number of followers of Jesus from about 120 that it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 15. And it says in 2:41, 3,000 were added to their number that day. Talk about explosive growth. And rather than these new 3,000 believers going out with their newfound faith to live their own personal, uh, spiritual life in privacy and isolation, something incredible happens. We have this text we read today a description of what happened when those, those 3,120 believers began to live out their abundant life of faith in Christ together. They do it in community. You see, this was a diverse, multicultural group of people from all around the Roman Empire speaking different languages. And, uh, Acts actually says that they are from 15 distinct cultures and geographical locations and yet they have gathered together to celebrate the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem where they hear the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus and on that day God takes this diverse group of people and begins to knit it together into a community that is made one in the risen Christ now I want to give you a, a disclaimer right now. I don't normally preach from movies or TV shows. I I, I prefer to preach from the Bible, uh, but today I'm actually I'm going to make an exception. So bear with me. Uh, who is this? The Lone Ranger. Uh, and for those of you who, uh, you know, all you young whippersnappers here today who might not recognize this, uh, The Lone Ranger is a classic TV show. Uh, and for those of you uh, who don't know, he's a, an old Western style hero riding on his horse silver as he fought for justice in the Wild West. And who was The Lone Ranger's sidekick? Tonto. Tonto. Listen to that. Even The Lone Ranger did not do it alone. That preaches, doesn't it? You see, we were created for community. Even in the rugged individualism of an idealized Western TV show, the truth of Genesis two eighteen rings true. It is not good for man to be alone. We were created for community, for relationship with one another. And yet ever since the Garden of Eden, and in the whole of the story of Scripture, uh, we see it over and over again. Sin breaks and damages relationships. It sows animosity and division. And the wage of sin, which is death, reigned in our relationships with God and our relationships with one another. Adam and Eve saw that there was a way that seemed right. But it led to death. And from that first sin where Adam and Eve began to point the finger at one another, it was her fault. No, it was his fault. And in every story you see in the scriptures until the coming of Christ, we see the fruit of sin in the relationships that we have with God and others. And yet in Jesus Christ, we have hope. Because while the wage of sin is death, Easter reminds us that we have a Lord and Savior who conquered death. That sin and death do not reign in the lives of those whose faith is in Christ because Jesus lives and so do we. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we have new life and victory through him. That's why I have hope for today. We live in a world that, I'm gonna be honest, sometimes I look at the world around me and it is easy to feel hopeless. It's easy to feel like things are so far gone. What could any of us ever do? And I suspect that there's a very similar feeling that the disciples of Jesus felt as they stared at their Lord hanging on a cross and thought in that moment that that was the end. And yet, I have hope Because if Jesus is risen from the dead, then that means that sin and death do not have the last word. They do not have the last word in our relationships with one another, and they do not have the last word in our relationship with God. And so in this world that we live in that is crying out for community, where we gather together in community groups around things like sports teams, Politics. God offers us through Jesus Christ a relationship that is centered on something that truly matters, that truly lasts, and that truly gives life. The resurrection of Christ shows that sin does not need to reign in our relationships. And as the resurrection power of Christ works in and through us, it unites us by the love of God and for his purpose. We have been freely forgiven, so freely we can forgive. We have been loved while we were still enemies of God, so we can love our enemies. We can take care of each other because we know that He takes care of us. We can live as a different kind of community in this world, shining like a light in the darkness, like a city on a hill, in a world that is desperate for a real and meaningful and lasting experience of community, of family of belonging. The resurrection life, the abundant life that is ours in Christ, it's lived together. There is no Lone Ranger spirituality in the Bible. We don't do it on our own. And as our sins are forgiven and we are filled with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, God doesn't just reconcile us with him. He unites us together as a community that lives in the freedom of his grace and in the power of his resurrection. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. You are loving, and you have conquered death. And so, Lord, may we be a people who cling in faith and trust to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and know that there is no challenge, no hardship, no evil in this world that you cannot conquer and are not conquering in and through us by your power today. And so, Lord, we trust you lead us and guide us with your word that we might not just be hearers of the word but doers of it and see in the obedience to your word a way of abundant life that it isn't just about temporary pleasure and instant gratification but of about true and lasting contentment and new, abundant, and eternal life in Jesus' name. Amen.